Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Over Santa, my name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. I hope you're having a uh, good weekend here in the Treasure Valley. This is the part of the show where I tell you about why we are here and who we are funded by. We are actually funded by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization, outgrowth, if you will, of the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. Uh, what we do and what our mandate is is to educate you Idahoans about what it's like to be on parole and to come out of incarceration. There are many, many issues. And you'll say, how do you do that? Well, we do this radio show. It's once a week. If you go back into the archives under KBXL and look at the archives, you'll see all the major players of people who serve returning citizens as they come out of incarceration. We've had the director of Department of Corrections on it, some national people on it. We've got a special guest today we'll get to talk about in a minute. But we have all sorts of people come in and address the issues that deal with those of us who are on parole and are attempting to turn our lives around after incarceration. So it's kind of powerful and it's exciting. Uh, they fund this show, obviously, that does that. But we also have done, we put together a, what we call a PowerPoint in which we go out and we share those that information with churches, with service groups, with corporations. And it is presented by someone who has been incarcerated. We've trained people to go out and do that, so the people who go out and present that data are actually people who have come out of incarceration. So it's a very powerful PowerPoint in terms of sharing what's going on. It addresses many of the things like how difficult it is for life on parole, how much, how many people, state of Idaho, incarcerates, how much that costs, not only costs in a financial way, but in costs in an emotional way in terms of what it does to the families of those people who have been incarcerated. So it's a powerful PowerPoint. At the end of the show, I'm going to show you. I'm going to reach out and let you know how to reach me. If you're interested in number one, being a part of that group, that would be great. You can come and train, and we'll let you go out to show the PowerPoint. If you're interested in us coming out and showing it to your group or to your organization, we'll be happy to do that too. So I'll do that at the end of the show. Now you would say, why are we doing this? And this actually came out of an outgrowth of a conference from St. Vincent de Paul, and it's called the Reentry Conference. It's been going for about five years now. And in that conference, it is specifically targeted for people who are just 90 days out of incarceration. That group for five years now sees those people and they call up St. Vincent de Paul. And when they identify themselves as somebody being just released from incarceration, it's sent to that particular conference. So to give you an idea, in the Treasure Valley or in Region 4, a 1,000 people in the last calendar year were released. This small little group of 20 volunteers saw 561 of those people. So they're making a real impact, and they sit with them as Vicentians. They go out, they talk to them, they help them with rent, they give them a clothing voucher, they'll give them a bicycle, bus pass, etc., and they'll meet it where those people are living. So it's a very powerful group. And the group got some success on a national-wide basis from St. Vincent de Paul on a national level. So thus, people came out and started looking at what we were doing. And that's where Systemic Change of Idaho came about. So we're excited about that. We're excited about 2018 in terms of where we're going. And it should be an interesting kind of ride for us. We're just beginning, and we hope to expand. Uh, one of the things that I get to do this week, which I'm excited about, 
as this tape is being done, I'm in New York. How about that? With a group called Just Leadership USA. I've been asked to be a fellow, one of only a few people in the country, to go back to New York. We're going to go back there six times, and I am going to be a fellow for this organization. And what they're teaching us to do is to become a better leader. And the only people that go back to this are people who are chosen uh, that have been incarcerated. So I'm going to go back with 25 or so of people in the national light, on a national level who've been incarcerated, and they're going to make us better leaders. Theoretically, over the next 18, I'll be a better leader. I'll come back, and I'll be able to share that information with you. But if you look this up, Just Leadership USA, on your computer, you're going to see it's a powerful organization. They're the people behind the, uh, the effort to close Rikers in New York City. They've effectively done that. Their hashtag is half by 2030. And what that means is they're trying to cut incarceration rate in the nation by half by the year 2030. So I'm excited about that. And I will be happy to share with that what's going on. Uh, One of the founders of that has been on this show. And we'll talk about that as that kind of develops. But as you're listening to me, I'm in New York. So think about me. I'm in downtown. I'm the crazy guy from Idaho looking up at the buildings. We'll get right back with our guest in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. I got this producer named Justin Morris who tells me we're 55 shows now. This is pretty powerful with us doing this. And I get to, the good thing about it is I get to find cool people in the community and seek them out. And uh, I ran across a friend who's got a new job and Summer Hirschfield is here. Congratulations to your new job and welcome to Victory Over Sin. Thank you. Tell us about the new organization that you go. Um, well, I am the director of the Phoenix in Boise. It's a national nonprofit. We just opened in Boise in June. Um, And it's a sober active community for anyone with 48 hours of sobriety. You can come in and recreate with us. We have have an event seven days a week. So we do gym classes. We do mountain biking, hikes. We're going to do some skiing. Do rock climbing and stuff like that. Yeah, we do rock climbing. We've done inside rock climbing, but this summer we're going to start going outside. You took one group up to Stanley. And rode bikes into the mountains or something like that too, didn't you? Oh, right. Really? Yeah, they did a. Um, I wasn't there for that, but they did an overnight camping trip. It the was lady behind this nice. is Ginny Goble. It is. Who we've talked about before on the radio. You should get Ginny in here. We probably should. Okay. Yeah. But she'll talk know. your ear off. I, I I know that, but you know, <laughs> you're the personality, so we're getting you in here. This is your new role. Put the pressure on you, so you can do it. Ginny brought the Phoenix here. Um, she heard about it and basically got in touch with the founder and said, we need this in Boise. Um, and she didn't let up till she got it. She was relentless. It's people that know Relentless that, uh, yes. is an understatement. That is true. That is true. So that's good. <laughs> but, um, but we do need it in Boise. We have about 
I'd say we have about 120 members that come in right on a regular basis, come in and work out. And it's their rock. Um, most of those people are in recovery. A lot of them are on, you know, on probation or on parole and looking for um, a place to be or a place to belong. I think, too, because, again, a lot of people who are listening to our voice will be living out in the desert, anticipating their life after incarceration. And so this is really a place to start thinking about people because ladies and guys can come down there and all it is free. All of that is free. Totally free. And all you have to do is be 48 hours sober. Mm-hmm. And it's really a cool group. And it's right down in the heart of where, let's say, the community that is uh, less successful is. You're right down there in Americana, right down underneath the bridge by uh, Rhodes Park. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So exciting. That's exciting news. I, I was really so surprised by the group that went up to Stanley because, I mean, the guys had, they didn't have hiking gear and they didn't have anything. And Everything was provided by the group. Uh, it was just so you're fresh out and you're having trouble doing anything. You just come down there and you guys provide everything. Right. Same thing for skiing this winter. If it ever snows, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, we're going to take a big group of people up to Bogus. And same thing. We'll provide the rentals and the tickets. All you have to do is show up and have 48 hours of consecutive sobriety mm-hmm. prior to the event. Um, and you can come. So, okay. So tell us about summer. Where are you? Are you a native Idahoan? I'm not. I'm actually from Maine. Wow. Um, How in the world did you get to Idaho? I'm not sure. I was born in a town called Karatunk. Woo. Yeah. (laughs) It was a town of 64 people. Um, And I went to high school in New Hampshire and then college in Montana. And then I was a ski bum in Jackson Hole. And then I ended up here. That's pretty cool. So how long have you been in Boise? (laughs) Um, 12 years. Hmm. And you and I know each other because you were uh, um, associated with um, the Ada County in a juvie kind of situation, right? Yep. Juvenile okay. court. Can we say what you did there? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. What did you do there for them? Um, I ran the programs there. So basically, um, like G- the GED program, community service, we had a, a program similar to SILD. We called it WILD. Um, we had a high school in there, so people getting high school credits. So I oversaw all that. And I ran across you too because my son, who's actually on the radio with us last week, <laughs> go back and listen to the archives of Mitchell, was first ran across you, and that's where you and I kind of met the first time. And uh, you were you're just a, an energy in a county system that needs energy, and so I'm sure they were sad to see you go. I miss it. Yeah. I miss the kids. Yeah. Um, but you know what? At, I'm I'm starting to see a lot of the kids from Juvie down at the Phoenix That's because cool. as long as you're 16, you can come down and participate. So the worlds are kind of um, they're kind of melding. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I always tell people it's Treasure Valley is a very small community. It is, and you, especially uh, if you you're tri- in recovery. That's right. You trip across people <laughs> all over, uh, and everything you've ever done in the past is going to come back and kind of haunt you. And right. Maybe. So if you've messed up, then everybody's going to know about it pretty much anyway. And so you're going to see each other. And right. So that makes sense. That that's it. Tell me about how Phoenix got started. It's a Colorado-based organization, right? It is. It's a Colorado-based organization. He started in Boulder. His name is Scott Strode, um, and he himself was in recovery. He was new to recovery and just had no friends, was bored. So he started gathering a group of people to go out and recreate, and it really took in Boulder. They were climbing and biking and running, um, and he just realized, you know, there's not a lot out there for people in recovery, especially younger people. And the 12-step meetings in 
Ada County are amazing, but sometimes you want more than just sitting in a, you know, in a chair drinking coffee. And that's where the Phoenix comes in, just having somewhere to go and be active and meet new people, make friends, all in a sober, safe setting. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really what he envisioned. And, and so now there's a Phoenix in Denver, in Boston. They're opening one in Billings, Montana. Really? Um, they're opening one in Texas, and there's one in Orange County, California. Really? That's, yeah. Boy, what an odd kind of combination of stuff. I know that I, I was a, a Midwesterner and used to go to Boulder to further my addiction. I think when I was in college, <laughs> I was... So that was, and so for him to start this in Boulder, Me which, is, which is an unbelievable area. I mean, I think you got, you pretty much lost your sobriety when you crossed over the county line in Boulder those days. I, I, I would, so for him to do that, that was pretty special. I felt that way about Eugene, Oregon. The same way. Yeah, it's the same way. I, it's the exact kind of town. Exact sort of town. That's crazy. Okay, so that's good. So he got started, and he that was certainly a good training ground for him to get going. So, so if somebody is coming to you, do you do you ask them? Or are they? Do you say are you previously incarcerated, or is there anything when I sign up? Do I have to give that information? No, you just walk through the door, and you know the biggest question I get is, do you drug test? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you test the forty eight hours yeah, of sobriety? Mm -hmm. I don't. We don't. We just ask. We mm -hmm. ask that you have been sober for forty eight hours. Um, and that if you if you mess up and lose track of that 48 hours, that you come back as soon as you get it back. Mm -hmm. It's not something like you have to be sober, and if you're not sober, you can't come back. We just want people to work at it and try at it. We don't expect anyone to be perfect. We're not perfect. I'm far from perfect. Mm -hmm. well, I think so much of what you need to do to stay sober in any community is that sense of community. I, I need to hang around the people who are positive and who are going to challenge me to stay in that situation. So it's just another option for people in terms of something to do every day in terms of, because you really do the groups that we do over at Peer Wellness on Tuesday and Wednesday night, I always say it is so much about community. You have to find that community and there's starting to be links with people like you and some of the other groups, Ignite 208 and some other stuff that are out there where this is a, you can find this kind of someplace to go every day almost, can't you? Absolutely. We have events seven days a week. And I know Ignite does a lot of weekend events, mm -hmm. um, but our doors are open seven days a week. We were open on Christmas. We were open on New Year's Eve, New Year's yeah. Day. Well, I think even in the 12-step groups, I'd say they're open on the holidays because you drank on the holidays or you used on the holidays. So right. that's why they're open too. So that's cool. Tell me about building those coalitions in the community. I, I think this is the hardest thing that we, and I say we because I think we both do the same thing in trying to uh, work with this population. How do we do that? And how do we make uh, those groups kind of come together and work together? Um, you mean the recovery population? Yeah, or the people who mm -hmm. put those situations on. How do, I, how do I get, let's say in your situation, how do I get AA people to come to yours as another option of AA? How do I get um, people from, say, my group to be interested in coming down and doing that? How do we, how do, we do that? I think we do that by doing this, Mark, by talking face-to-face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> -face. mm -hmm. um, I am an AA, so that is my population. Mm -hmm. It's been really easy to advertise just word of mouth. Um, but honestly, the thing I find with people in recovery is so many of them are in isolation. They've isolated themselves. Um, so it's like, as long as we can get people through our front door, 
And I think too much, again, you, the sense of community is one that is, but it is not to isolate and not to stay away and not mm-hmm. to hide. So to get those kinds of people out. But it seems like, I don't know, maybe I'm naive in this, but it seems like we always got our little niche and you're going down there. What are you going down there for? You know, you should be here. And I, do, you, do you find that or do you think that I'm off in that? I haven't. So you thought these questions would be easy, didn't you? You thought this was going to be easy. I haven't experienced that, but just because I haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Because I think you just, it's kind of like finding an AA group. You need to find the right niche for you. I mean, there's dozens of different, you're right, there's dozens of AA groups in the Mm -hmm. Valley, but they all have unique personalities. They do. And so I have to find that AA group that works for me. I have to find that recovery spot that's going to be my home, kind of, and not to lose track of or get frustrated when I go to, say, my group, and they say, you know that guy with the white hair, Mark, he's crazy. I'm never. I'm going to go back and use again. So I don't like that. So, I mean, you have to be aggressive in terms of going out and attempting to find what's good for you to stay sober. And I think we don't, we don't do that enough. I mean, I don't, we don't reach out enough between groups and do that. I agree. I yeah. completely agree. Although I do think it's changing, yeah, so. you know, if we don't, we may not reach out, but when someone walks through a door at a new AA meeting, I know that they are welcomed and pulled in. So if you're if you have if you're brave enough to walk through the that's door, that's the key. Brave enough to do it. Brave the, enough to do it. You know, it. it's like the five thousand pound door. Right, right. And I think that's not so much even for AA. It would be hard to go into a celebrate recovery group for the first time. It's hard to come into my group for the first time. It's hard to go into any kind of a entity like Ignite 208, how to go down and bowl with those guys, you know, on Sunday night when they do that or to go on one of their walks, that's hard to do. And so I think all of us try to bring those people in and welcome them, but it seems like we almost all, there ought to be some kind of magic thing where we can all do that, you know? Yeah, you know, actually you're right. When I first start, when I first started with the Phoenix, I thought it was a no-brainer. It's a free gym. I mean, we mm-hmm. have free classes, free yoga free CrossFit classes, free, you know, free circuit training classes, free mountain biking. I thought we'd be full. Yeah. Every single class would be full. But it's not. It's, no, they don't. And they'll say, hey, Summer, yeah, that's okay. That's free. That's cool. But, you know, Netflix is on. I'd rather get out and stay home. <laughs> and, 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 that, right? and you don't know what happens then in terms of going down that road that breeds somebody that I tend to work with more than you right back into incarceration. Absolutely. Because once you cross that one line and you go back to say, I'm going to compromise here, then the other compromises just come real, real, real quick. And so I think what we need to do, and I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing now because then you can help me fix this. But it's a matter of bringing us all together and keep talking because what I find is that some of these guys who have been doing it too long maybe or have an agency that they think is – the greatest agency in the world. We still need to get along and I work agree. and share. And it, I may not like a p- way a particular program operates, but I've got to be able to say, if that does it for you, then that's great. I agree. Does that make sense? I, had a, totally I got in trouble. Sense. I got in trouble uh, a few years ago with because um, I have a small nonprofit it's funded by churches, mm-hmm. and so I kind of, in a derogatory, nice Christian way, said that. This particular program wasn't the great, my cup of tea. Okay. And I got all sorts of flack from it, from major, major people. And the, there's a man who I'll give credit for, John Greenlee, who, uh, Dr. John Greenlee, who said to me, Mark, anything that brings you out of the darkness of addiction into the light is the path. And so that's the quote that I give to him. And I, I try to use that. 
and try not to make that mistake again either. At least say it where people are going to take it and say, you know what Mark said. But um, it's just you have to find something that works. And I, I will go to those groups that I don't particularly care for sometimes, but you'll, just, you'll see a different way that it works. Do you do that too? Do you go to different groups? I do. You mean meetings? Mm-hmm. I do. I go to meetings everywhere. But a lot of that is, you know, I'm a creature of convenience. So if there's a meeting right there and I haven't been to a meeting that day, then I'll just walk through the door. I don't have the problem with the 5,000 pound door. Yeah, well, you also, so you alluded to the fact that you go to meetings. So that means you're open to talking a little bit about your addiction. Mm-hmm. So how much, how lengths of sobriety do you have? Do you I have it? three years this Good time around. Yeah, um, I've been in and out, in and out of the rooms, but this time feels like feels like the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the fellowship. It's the fellowship that's keeping me sober. And I, I really never committed to the fellowship or the community before. And I always fell out somehow or another. Like you said, you start making those you know, those small, you make those small changes and they lead to the old ways. Yeah, it's fine. If you cut a corner someplace, I can almost, I see people coming out of incarceration who will, they'll do the weirdest sort of things. They'll say, they'll be right out and they'll buy a car too quickly or they'll fall in love with somebody and connect too quickly. And you can just see that, oh, I was here, but now I'm, I'm cool, I got this. You know, I, I think I flunked a walker center myself you know when they came to me after two and a half weeks and said well we thought your insurance would pay for this mr Rennick, but you know we're going to need x thousands and more dollars i said i got this i'm out of here and of course i was wrong <laughs> so uh and i i say i lasted 30 days but uh, uh i have a ex-wife mother of my children who says I, I didn't make it 30 days but i thought i think i made 30 days that's that's depends who's this, counting depends on who's counting I left against medical advice, AMA. So <laughs> I couldn't come up with the extra check. But uh, so I think that's what we have to do in terms of working together to sort of make that work. Yeah. So who else would uh, be a companion, a sister kind of partner for you that you would refer somebody to? If I'm coming into Phoenix. Coming into the Phoenix? Yeah. You say, hey, you can go here, you go here. Where else would you send them? Um. You mean if they're looking for recovery resources? Yeah, recovery resources. That's kind of the thing with Boise is there's not a whole lot out there other than 12-step meetings. There isn't, is there? No, and that's why I think the Phoenix is really going to take off is because... <laughs> Under your direction. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> um, there's just not a lot out there, and so we have to stick together. Yeah, I have, he- I have heard that you have brought a different energy to it. I, I, you know, from people, I, I do some work with a one of those agencies on a part-time basis, a recovery coach. And they said that your energy has really changed things around. So congratulations on that. If you haven't heard that, I've heard that. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're also talking at, today at this agency, we were talking about, it's, uh, we were talking about putting together like a program for, especially the people out of IDOC, their customers, that they met with uh, their therapist, their counselor, quote unquote, at this agency, and then spent the other day of the week in one of the programs. So it's like, you spend an hour with your therapist, and then on the other on Tuesday and then on Thursday, you you are you get to pick another organization like the Phoenix or mm-hmm. like Night Two Hundred Eight or um, Upbeat or one of those things where you go to an event and then you come back in the next week and talk about what happened. And I think that's a much more. It's taken us a while to get to that. I know. You know. So and because all of the people that I tend to work with, and I think you see a lot of the same people, they're right out of. 
the Department of Corrections, they're looking for a job, they'd like to have a car, they'd like to have this, they'd like to have everything, they'd like to have their life back, and then we make them or the state makes them do X, Y, and Z to kind of do this, and it, it needs to be something that they make into a, a not only a lifestyle, but a way of life, I guess. I feel like, you know, the system is, doesn't help people get back on their feet, um, but the fellowship does. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's so key meeting peers in recovery mm-hmm. because they can say to you, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't buy a car right now or maybe you shouldn't move in with that woman Person, you just yeah. met at the meeting mm-hmm. last night. That's nice. That's right. But she's the love of my life, Summer. I just right. I think she's the greatest. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay, so now also one of the things that we've joked about before you came in mm-hmm. is that now you've gone from the quiet Ada County employee to undercover now, undercover person to now you need to be the social media person for Phoenix and so, you still you still on, on your pages there's still no picture of summer I know I am 40 years old and I just got on Facebook a month ago <laughs> I'm the last woman alive not on Facebook <laughs> no, no I don't think that's the case I really have to work at social media that's been the hardest part of this job. It hasn't been collaborating or um, finding funders or finding members. It's been Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Just you've got people in your organization that do it well. Uh, they do. tell me what to write. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listen, I thank you so much for coming in. Okay. Thank you, Mark. And we'll have to come back as you're more successful and you change the world. We'll bring you back in. Awesome. Tell me when do you forget? Again, I want to thank Summer Hirschfield for coming in and uh, putting up with me for 30 minutes. I hope you guys learned something. I know I did. We're easy to reach all sorts of ways. You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com at uh, systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208 477-1006. Please give us a call if you want to be a part of the organization or if you want us to come out and present the PowerPoint. And we'll look forward to seeing you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. Let's go. I used to do it too. I used to do it too.